Hey chicks, I'm Elle. And I'm Sal. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that shares life lessons for the girls from the girls. And today we're in for a sexy treat. Ow. I don't know if you guys saw the topic, but today we're talking about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about not getting copyrighted for singing that song. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> exactly. I was like, changed it. 20% changed. <laughs> But today we are joined by Georgia Grace, who is also known as G-Spot on the good old gram. She is a certified sex coach and also has her own podcast called In Bed. I actually had the pleasure of seeing Georgia at a Love Honey event a few years ago and she's just so well-spoken, such a safe kind of conversation to have and just really interesting. We're going to give you guys all the tips. Just the tip. (laughs) But before we get into the episode, we like to start with our life lesson of the week. So, Sally, Bally, Boo, Boo, what's your life lesson of the week? My life lesson of the week is JOMO, the joy of missing out. Splendor. Exactly. (laughs) So, a few weeks ago, we were supposed to go to Splendor and then it kind of fell through at the last minute and I just couldn't have been happier that we weren't there to be honest we were really looking forward to it really excited obviously I'm sure everybody who went still managed to have a great time Um, we still would have made the best out of a bad situation but I think just give yourself the permission to say no to go to things even if they are probably going to be really fun but you just don't have the bandwidth and that's it (laughs) I'd like had emotionally tapped out of it before you had Mm. with like the planning and the weather and look and I was like no I was like let's just let's just not go and so I was really trying to be like we can make it work like we can try fine and I was like I'm not going I was like I'm not I was like I'm done because as well if you just know you're gonna have a shit time like if you know that you're gonna get there and just not be having fun you're gonna be complaining the whole time whether it's in your head to everyone around you who will listen Mm -hmm. just don't go yeah that's okay you can say no no means no splendor yay (laughs) All right, what's your life lesson? Okay, my life lesson is one, because I'm a little nerdy girl, I have been wearing glasses for maybe the last six years of my life. I am blind as a bat, but I'm also a very insecure human being. So I don't like to wear my glasses because I I know, like, it's honestly just to do with me. I don't even notice when other people wear glasses. But for me, I just hated how they looked on me. I just didn't feel like myself and I found them annoying and I lose them all the time. I lose them all the time. And even when you're lying on the couch watching TV, they're just uncomfortable to have on, you know? Everyone's always surprised because they're like, wait, you don't wear glasses? I'm like, I know. I just got comfortable (laughs) being blind. I was like, this is just how the world looks. I just felt my way through. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just have two hands on the tail's boobies. And I'm like, this feels like home. (laughs) (laughs) But... I've kind of always thought of the idea of contact lenses, but I was like, oh, they're so expensive without ever having looked into it because I'm just smart like that. (laughs) And then on the weekend, I just searched it on Google and saw Specsavers. You can go and do an eye test Mm -hmm. and they give you five days worth of contact lenses with your prescription for free to try it out. And let me tell you, this was the hottest thing I've ever experienced in my (laughs) life because I can see like I know it sounds so small and my 
prescription was really not even as bad as some people's can be. But just the difference of not having to wear glasses, just sticking my finger in my eye for like a few (laughs) seconds has completely changed the game. They also, in this time where you do an eye test and they give you the free contact lenses, they give you a teaching session as well to make sure that you can put them in and take them out yourself so that you don't put them in, get home and like literally need to gouge your eyeball out. When I was starting, I was like, it was quite tricky and it definitely takes like a little bit to kind of work it out when you're there. But honestly, within a day, I could do it. Like, and now five days in, it's so easy to do and contact lenses will cost you about, depending on where you get them from, probably about $50 a month, but $49.99. I would pay that and then some. That's less than $2 a day to be able to see. Quick maths. Done. Completely changed the game. So if you are a little blind girl like me and you wear glasses and you hate wearing them or you kind of just want something that's a little bit easier, seriously, Go to Specsavers. I should have gone to Specsavers years ago. <laughs> They've been telling me this for years. Why They've, didn't I listen? They've been telling me for years and honestly should have gone to Specsavers. Thanks, guys. If you want to send me any contact lenses, my address is. <laughs> and now I can see hot people in bars. Perfect. I couldn't see hot people in bars before. She usually had to rely on me. Let's be honest, I don't care if there are hot people in bars and I will still just hang out with you for the whole time because I'm an awkward, awkward human being. But it's still nice to be able to look. But with contacts. But with contacts. Not going to talk to anyone, but I like that I can see him. They should just use this as an ad. Go to Specsavers. <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the studio, Georgia. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to learn all about sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the sex. Gonna be an animal in the shack. Yeah, <laughs> I've like got a notepad. Georgia's like, Ready I promise nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing is guaranteed. Here. She's like, I'm not God. Okay. <laughs> Jumping straight in, what are some green flags in sexual and romantic relationships? I think this is really different for everyone and ultimately that will come down to what people are looking for. But I think there are some classic ones that are really useful. So they're a good communicator and can voice how they're feeling or what's going on for them emotionally, that they have shared or similar values and that they're good to you. Then I think on top of that, everyone will look for different things and, you know, that could be based on their attraction or the kind of relationship that they're looking for. So of course, people may be looking for more of a monogamous structure where they're in a relationship with one other person, but then, you know, people could also fall outside of that and be in um, non-monogamous relationships. So it's really unique and based on an individual and their needs. But what would you both identify as your green flags? (laughs) Big question, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can like sometimes be a bit nervous. So like Mm. someone just in terms of like if I like someone, I'll get like a bit flustered or like be a bit goofy and I can like stumble over my words so someone that can be like patient and like good with that and is a good communicator is really good and then also generous generous people yeah generous, you know, generous lovers. lovers you know <laughs> and like I like to think so mom and dad turn it off now but <laughs> I like to think of myself as a generous lover I like to like give that turns me on mm. so like 
But also I feel like a lot of the time and sometimes, not a lot of the time, but sometimes that can get taken for granted. Like people are like, whoop, this is great. I'm just going <laughs> to lean back, relax and have a good time. But people that really make the effort to kind of make it an equal relationship that everyone walks away happy. Mm. Yeah. Love so Like everyone's satisfied. Yeah, yeah, they're You scratch amazing. my back, I scratch yours. <laughs> and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. Love those. What about yours? Well, I've been in a relationship for the last 14 years. Oh, my goodness. So wow. things are going good. Yeah. Got a couple of green flags, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know. 14 years under the belt. Go be sharp. Exactly. <laughs> I would say that communication, absolutely, like, pretty standard. But again, somebody who will balance you out. So I can be quite anxious and a lot of the time will like go to whatever the most like negative scenario is. And my partner is like the complete opposite. He's cool as a cucumber. He never gets flustered. He really gets angry at anything. So I love that. Like we really keep each other in check, I think, because of that. And by that, I mean he keeps me in check. Yeah. Um, Isn't it funny how often in relationships what attracts us or draws us to people is kind of the opposite mm. of what we have, whether, mm-hmm. you know, as you were saying, you can get quite nervous. But so someone who's really grounded and can support you in, you know, feeling present and less stressed, that often that's what relationships can provide for us. The addition to, you know, who we are, how we're feeling not because we're anything less or we need someone but often we do look for that in a person someone who will complement maybe those things that we already have or what we want and need yeah Mm -hmm. I need someone calm because I'm a hothead (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, literally just (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it would be quite intense if you were with a hothead I can imagine (laughs) that would be a whole lot I feel like I don't get angry now but like when I was younger and I would kind of have moments and I would get quite angry and I, whenever you're having fights like I can hit a moment where I would see red and I'd need someone that's like do you know what just put a pin in this and just come back circle back in a moment and that's what like I think is valuable just mm. people that can recognize that in general being like do you know what we're not actually going to get to the bottom of this mm. right now so mm. let's just take a breather yeah f- it out and then come <laughs> back and talk about it. yeah a really great approach actually <laughs> use the intensity mm. <laughs> And what about red flags? Mm. Yeah, so again, I think like it is really great that culturally we are speaking about red flags a lot at the moment, Mm. Um, but I think uh, we've kind of misunderstood the the true definition of a red flag. And actually I I got a whole bunch of experts on my podcast to speak about this and to define it. And really when we looked at red flags, it was anything or any behaviour that is abusive, manipulative or harmful. Um, Anything that's going to put you in danger or make you feel unsafe. So really a red flag being one of those moments that you need to recognise, ah, this is actually really not safe for me to be here. It's not safe for me to be in this relationship and I need to step out and and look for those kind of red flags from the start. But you know, we're hearing red flags like he doesn't change his sheets. <laughs> and, you know, actually, I mean, we could read a little bit into that, but that's not necessarily a red flag in, in that it's causing immediate sort of danger or yeah. harm. But mm-hmm. it certainly is something that I think people look at and need to look for in that compatibility. So yeah. if you're really clean and you really love to have a space that is sensual and you put a lot of time and effort into creating that context, it's 
going to be really hard if you ever live together because you value spaces really differently. So yes, I think we need to be conscious of red flags, but also, you know, this term of red flag is used pretty flippantly at the moment. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we need to stop calling no-show socks red flags. <laughs> <laughs> or continue, you know, just go with no, it. I think <laughs> no, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. Such a deal breaker. Thing. I think that's yeah. like a really great term to use because we, of course, all have deal breakers and, and we need to be aware of them. I find that for actually an interesting trend, what I'm seeing in clients, especially when we emerged out of lockdowns and for people who were single and looking to date, we had to actually kind of work with some of those deal breakers because a lot of the times people had a really long list of things that they were looking for. And I don't think we should ever confuse, you know, that with getting rid of the deal breakers and settling, just finding someone because you need to be in a relationship. It's not that at all. It's actually thinking, am I holding this person to an incredibly high standard? And because I have all of these ideas about what they should be, am I limiting certain connections with people that actually might be really fun to hang out with or to go on dates with or to have sex with? Yeah. I always say that I'm the biggest fan of the slow burn. Mm. Like I've never really kind of met someone immediately started dating them and then been like kind of in a long-term thing with them. It's always meeting them organically and then you hang out organically. And then I'm like, oh, actually. And it's that slow burn of getting to know someone because when you start, you're not looking for those things Mm. that you wouldn't like in a person. You're just kind of spending time with a person and it's the slow burn that gets you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> up on you and then they rip your heart. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones that like I'm a big fan of because I feel like you immediately start nitpicking. Like you'll go on three dates and you'll be like, could I move in with this person? And you're mm. like, chill, it's fine. You yeah. don't need to know. <laughs> it's all take it slow, yeah. take the pressure off. Yeah. But what is your number one tip? for people that are maybe going through a bit of a dry spell or, you know, a bit of a slump in libido and what would your advice be for that? So I think this is really dependent on the context, your current relationships and how it's affecting you. So the first question I always ask is, you know, is this something that you really want to work on? And some people will be like, actually, no, I just feel a lot of pressure from society or culture or friends or family thinking that this is what I should be doing. I should be looking for a relationship or I you know, should be having sex with my partner multiple times a week. But Actually, it's not necessarily something that I want or need. So if it's not fulfilling for you and you don't want to prioritize it, then you know, take that pressure off and look to other things that might actually provide a source of fulfillment in sex or relationships. But then we'll look at, you know, if it is something, yes, that's important to you, it will be quite different depending on their relationship structure and and if they are in a relationship. So as I was kind of saying before, for people who want to be in a relationship, we'll look at how they could practice perhaps being more vulnerable or things that they can do to connect with people, to go on dates, to expose themselves to moments or opportunities but also focusing on solo sex because masturbation, toys, these are a huge part of, I think, anyone's sex life, regardless of whether you're in a relationship. And we need to really value that. Masturbation is also an incredible tool for anyone who um, is wanting to learn about their body or to, you know, create more of that context for desire. So we will certainly focus on that. But then if they're in a relationship, Actually, I draw a lot on the work of Emily Nagoski and an incredible book. Have you both read Come As You Are? 
No. You have to. This is your homework. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you have to read this book. It is absolutely fascinating. It goes into the science of sex and bodies and orgasm, but it also works a lot with desire and things that you can do to learn about your own desire, but also create more of these sexual contexts. And a lot of the time we'll look at all of those things that turn you off. So um, in, I guess, science terms, your sexual inhibition system or your brain and all of those things that turn you on, so your sexual excitation system. Yeah, we essentially want to remove some of those breaks and bring in some of those accelerators so your more of your awareness is to all of the potential for, you know, things that feel exciting or sexy and so that you can be perhaps more open to that. Love. Go have a wank. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, doctor's on, it's got to go, guys. We always make the joke that if I'm having like a 3 p.m. lunch break, we all know what I'm doing. Yeah. We all read between the lines. Yeah. yeah. That actually was a huge trend. I think that, you know, if lockdowns have taught us anything, that access to masturbation during the day is actually, you know, really great for the body. And anytime you have that slump or you're feeling tired or exhausted or stressed, actually an orgasm could be the perfect pick me up. It mm. works. <laughs> the ultimate stress relief. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get back. Tried and tested. <laughs> Speaking of tried and tested, what's your opinion on breakup sex? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Is this relevant in some way? <laughs> Maybe. Asking for a friend, literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for a friend of a friend of mine. But yeah, what's your opinion on breakup sex? Is it good for closure or are we setting ourselves up for failure here? Oh. Yeah, big question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe we can look at a little bit of a case study. But, um, <laughs> That's okay, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I think this is actually another area that I looked at on my podcast and everyone who we spoke to, all of the experts and even, you know, people who had actually engaged in it. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking at anyone. My gaze is switching, I swear. <laughs> but for those who have experienced it, a lot of the time people do recommend not doing it. And I will get to the times that perhaps it is useful, but only because I think there are power dynamics at play. So say, for example, the person, you know, who did the breaking up and the person who was broken up with, often they may read that as, oh, maybe they want to get back together. I could show them this cool trick that I have with my tongue and I can, you know, trick them into staying with me. It can delay that, you know, process of moving on or closure. It can feel really confusing and it can make things a whole lot trickier. However, I think there are certainly positive experiences that people speak to and you know they identify that actually it was a great final bang to go out with and to say that's the end of our relationship wonderful we're moving on but also leading up to a breakup things can feel really stressful and intense and actually a lot of people may feel that sense of relief with the breakup and that might allow for that you know moment of connection. And you know each other's bodies so well, typically at that point, it feels good and, you know, that you know how to pleasure and touch each other. So mm. it makes sense that you would kind of fall into bed without even knowing you're there yeah. one last time. But I think context is so important there. In some contexts, it can feel really great. And then other times, maybe it's best if you 
just close the chapter another way. Mm -hmm. Especially because I think you can rely on it, even if you don't necessarily want the relationship anymore, it still will feed that aspect of like romance and sex in your life. So you won't look for it elsewhere. You won't be like open to, you know, dating other people or meeting other people because that's already ticked. Mm. Like your, your cup's already filled by that person even though you're not even dating anymore so that's why I was kind of like oh, just maybe stop yeah <laughs> that's as close as you are yeah because yeah. yeah. if you've got that from someone else and if you are looking to have start another relationship then you can feel like oh no I'm actually getting it from this person so limits you to other opportunities yeah now that we've unpacked my trauma, <laughs> what are some tips for giving female bodies pleasure I know it's very like um, objective to the person, Mm -hmm. who it is, and, you know, it can be very different depending on who it is. But just if, you know, someone was going to go give a female pleasure today, what would you tell them to do? Yeah, and maybe a few people can send this specific episode to particular people in their lives. I think like if we're looking at tips, one of the first things that I think across the board is really useful to know is to slow down. So often I think we base our model of understanding pleasure and orgasm so much on people with penises. Like you look at a penis and it becomes erect within you know a few seconds to a minute but the arousal system of someone with a vulva it can take 20 to 40 minutes to be fully physiologically aroused and when I say that I'm talking about blood flow to the genitals the clitoris becoming engorged and erect and you know a lot bigger um, lubrication of the genitals your heart rate doubling your cheeks becoming flushed like all Going of right these right things <laughs> I'm sorry, I need a cigarette. It's, the, <laughs> it's the heater it's not you um, oh it's me all, <laughs> tell me more all of these <laughs> I'm gonna replay this yeah like. maybe everyone could be using this for a little bit of foreplay but yeah taking that time to build arousal because if you go straight to the genitals it is such a sensitive area that it might feel uncomfortable and you might not feel anything at all and also in line with that so much of the sex that people are having is spending 30 seconds a few minutes on foreplay and you know oral sex and things like that and that is nowhere near enough and actually we need to completely redefine foreplay it's not you know oral shouldn't be just a few minutes and something you do before the main event oral can be the main event it is sex and we need to completely change our definition of that so you know the first tip go slow second tip change and completely redefine sex so that you are inviting more of a woman's pleasure or someone with a vulva their pleasure into every sexual context And then the final one would be learn about the clit. Like the clit is essential. As you identified, everyone likes their clit to be stimulated differently. Some people, their clit is really sensitive. So direct stimulation might feel uncomfortable. And then you may be using stimulation over undies or material. You might be positioning like the stimulation around the clitoris and not directly on top. But learn about that person's clit. Ask them how they like it to be stimulated, whether that's with toys or a mouth or tongue, what kind of 
of movements they like. Some people like, you know, really consistent stimulation. Others like to be teased. Others like edging. Edging is that process of like moving towards orgasm and away from orgasm. So it's essentially teasing and building that arousal. But ask them, ask them how they like to be stimulated. And actually for a lot of people, they will say, I don't know, like, I don't know Mm. what I want. And in that, I would say, go and learn about your body. That is so, so important because it allows for more pleasure in your body. It allows for you to communicate that more easily. And then if you feel comfortable, you might even try something like mutual masturbation which essentially means you're both or all masturbating at the same time and you get to kind of look and see what is your partner doing that can really turn you on and a lot of people get turned on by watching their partners masturbate but it can also just be really useful because you can be like oh okay Mm. they're touching like research yeah (laughs) exactly and oh I've been doing it all wrong the whole time because they're holding it like this and doing this and so it is mutual masturbation is such a great tool and if you need more sorry one more tip (laughs) no keep going (laughs) yeah I have a whole free online video course that I developed with normal which has you know all the techniques all the tricks all the things in it so go through that with your partner it's not just for people with vulvas it's for people with penises as well so yeah go through that topic by topic and learn about sex because if you have no idea how to pleasure your partner no shame no mm. guilt on you at all none of us have been taught about sex no one got sex yeah ed. watching porn growing up does not mean you know about sex absolutely not porn's great and I think you know it can if it's ethical and consensual mm. it can be fun and it can make you calm and you know can be great but it's not sex ed and yeah. we really need to remind ourselves of that also I feel like the conversation of ethically made porn has only been something that is recently discussed and you know we've only kind of just begun to understand or where to find that like Balesa we spoke about great um big fan yeah. <laughs> um, you know <laughs> but also like growing up it was kind of the same kind of situation of an hour porn video but 40 minutes of it is a guy getting a blowjob mm. which is also really intense and like really rough yes which it just f***s with your head of being like what you're supposed to do in bed. So, yeah. 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 And I- we're seeing that translate, unfortunately, into how young people are having sex. That, you know, these rough sex, you know, are falling under the umbrella of kink or BDSM. So long as there's consent, like mm. there, you know, is a lot of pleasure that can be explored. And a, like there is no shame in wanting to explore that. However, there's a lot of stuff that you need to know, a lot of learning that you need to undergo from either professionals to make sure that you're doing it safely and to make sure you're doing it with consent. And a trend that we're seeing with a lot of young people, but, you know, you know, not just young people, is that they're assuming because they've been so informed by porn that rough sex is vanilla and, you know, choking someone is mainstream or, you know, just something you do after kissing them. And it is absolutely not. You need to learn how to do it safely. It needs to be spoken about before. And there needs to be ongoing verbal and nonverbal communication. You need to have safe words. Like, ultimately, I think everyone who wants to do it has to learn from a professional. And they're just a few things to keep in mind. But so much of, you know, how we understand sex is informed by that Google search and when you type in sex you get Pornhub and Pornhub serves you rough sex and 
then everyone just thinks that that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. You work with a lot of people and a lot of couples. What are some of the common mistakes that you're seeing that people are making in sex and in the bedroom? Yeah. I th- oh, so many. And often like, <laughs> you're all doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think it interestingly comes in trends, like the main concern or the main area that people want to address. In terms of a mistake, like I would, yeah, I would never say you're doing it wrong. Like <laughs> I think that that's... <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, kidding, yeah, I was yeah. kidding, I was kidding. No, but you can oh, say no. that because you're not in session with them. <laughs> I think it would be a little bit rough for I me to do that. I just kick in the door and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're doing it wrong. You get there. Hey, you, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like what, what we need to look at is, I guess, that feeling of what do you feel like you're missing out on? And often a mistake is that people think that they need to compare themselves to other people, to, you know, their friends or to uh, that, you know, Cosmo article that they read when they were younger or what (laughs) Dolly Doctor told them in the SEAL section, which (laughs) I loved. But yeah, I think those comparisons is the, the biggest mistake. And another thing is everyone is just having sex too quickly, like Mm. hard and fast I don't know if I'm allowed to say f- but here we are. Okay. You can complete no. <laughs> <laughs> me if you need. Is great. Like it's fun and can feel orgasmic and pleasurable and you know amazing, but also I think it's one of those things that should be built up to to you know allow your body to take that time to build arousal and to you know feel that connection that you need to your body or to your partner and a lot of pleasure can be felt from slowness and subtlety and to pair that you know hard and fast pace with that slowness you know slowness isn't vanilla it's just Mm. changing the pace it's changing the rhythm so peaks and valleys Mm. yeah Totally. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking yeah. up what you're throwing <laughs> Yeah, so slow the f*** down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got it. You hear that? <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I think everyone's learned a little something. I know I have. Sal? Have you learned Pleasure was all out. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I'm like, what's the time? Is it three o'clock yet? <laughs> but again, thank you so much. We've learned so much and hopefully you chicks have as well. And be sure to check out our episode with Georgia on Thursday for Add to Car, where we break down all of our fabulous shopping habits, wants, needs, desires. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be just as sexy as just this Just sexy. I'm going to talk like this the whole time. <laughs> you should do ASMR. That is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> yeah, you both no one... kissing. <laughs> yeah. like, no one has ever wanted to hear my voice as ASMR. So thank you. People have their kinks out. Just like kink telling shame. me to shut up. She's like, just lower your voice. Maybe whisper. <laughs> just take it down. That's hot though. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, girl. Yay. <laughs> That is a wrap for us. Sexy little chat with Georgia. Sexual healing, baby. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, oh. Hey. Hey. I fucking hate us. <laughs> you can find a link to all of Georgia's socials in the show notes, as well as some um, links to normal, which is an adult toy brand. Sexual wellness. Yeah, let's go with that. 
Thanks to our production team, Parita Hazade, Bambi Media and Made in Katana for making this episode happen. Be sure to check out our episode with Georgia on Thursday for Add to Cart. And thanks for having us in your ear holes, chicks. We absolutely love to be here. Bye, chicks. Bye, you sexy little minxes. Go get some. Yeah, go f- come today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>